But when you look at when you look at analyzing data, it's fantastic that you can organize data, do reports, put together amazing pivot tables. But it's really the action that comes out of the data that matters at the end of the day to the business. Uh, you know that it's really a matter of of substance over style. So if you can do all the data work, that's great. But if you can't get actionable information out of it, and then get people to own those actions alongside yeah. you and to be part of the team and part of part of the of the results, then uh, you're really just not getting the best of of all those that are around you. And again, early in my career, I was not uh, human based in in much of anything I did. I hoarded the information. I thought that protected me. I thought that made me yeah. more valuable, but it, it really narrowed what I was able to see and what I've been able to accomplish in, in the uh, latter third of my career. What will you do to unlock innovation? In today's fast paced world, innovation might not be enough. Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges. Welcome to Mind Innovation. I'm your host, Santa Vending, and today I have Robert Deringer joining me, and we're going to dive into the industrial automation, robotics, and the use of human-based data within the electronics industry. A little background. Uh, Robert Deringer has an extensive experience within product management, distribution, and supplier development within the electronics industry. He worked for companies such as Waldom Electronics, Dialyte, and Amphenol RF. And currently, he holds the position as Director of Global Channel at Crusade North America. So lots of great experience. So Robert, welcome so much. Welcome today. Well, I, I certainly am excited to be here, and I thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my insights. And let's go. Let's go. So um, let's jump into it, right? So I want to ask you, you know, how how important is it to use the human based um, approach? You know, the human based data within the electronics industry. Well, you know that the. the uh... The funny thing about that is I thought about this when I was looking at my LinkedIn profile again, and and I, I thought, I went back to the genesis of why I posted that, because I wanted to describe myself a bit differently than many people might know me. I've always been known as super data-centric, super analytical. And I think analytical people, if you generalize, fall into a bucket of being kind of rigid, binary, world it's black and white it's ones and zeros it's it's uh, one plus one equals two i mean there's no debate numbers numbers don't lie right yeah um but th the thing is is we've all heard the term uh liars figure and, and figures lie and how you present data even how you gather it has a as human element to it it can be used to persuade and encourage and motivate but can also be used to tear others down. It can be used um, to disrupt somebody else's business. It can be, you know, frankly, a triggering or uh, an angering uh, reaction by somebody on the receiving end of it. So I, I was definitely one, Santa. My my history is different than others, and I was in in getting to this point where I am. Uh, in my career, I was one that was pretty boastful, pretty proud of of my skills. I hoarded my knowledge around data, my analytical abilities, and uh, I've been using data. Really started when I was a runner. I wanted to record various things. I've been using data then over thirty to forty years, really since Lotus One Twenty Three, yeah, or One Two Three, I guess you'd call it. 
So uh, I learned that there really is a human element. Uh, when, when you use it just as uh, this is the one version of truth, uh, it can be harmful to others. And you're not necessarily bringing a persuasive argument to figures that you might be presenting. And of course, we're in sales, so we're trying to sometimes polish the apple to the best of our ability. Um, so that's part of part of how I see the the human element of data. The other thing that that was less apparent to me through the years was the fact that I thought data again is it is what it is and it really isn't. When I look at it, I'm looking at it through a lens of my experience. I'm looking at it maybe from a lens of profitability this month and growing sales next month and maybe culling customers the month to follow. So if I do all the analysis and I have my own lens and my own biases, yeah. I'm really only getting a view uh, that's fairly narrow with blinders on. So I I now uh, believe and act in a way that I encourage others on my team or within the company to join in some of the analysis and and to participate and use their voice. So I believe I believe in the power of diversity and inclusion, and that goes that goes right into uh, data and data analysis. Yeah, I like I like that because again, you you need also by having bringing your team in makes that everybody owns a part of it, right? So it's not just it's yes. not it's not just a over in the corner or is you know or, or you're the owner of it, right? And now you bring it into the meeting. Everybody actually start to have some kind of experience around it. Yeah, I, and I think another point that I would like to make is that. We look at data and people who are strong in analytical skills. And I'd say if you go to Excel, I'm, I'm one of the more uh, experienced users. I'm not a Power BI guy. I'm not so strong in, in access anymore. But when you look at when you look at analyzing data, it's fantastic that you can organize data, do reports, put together amazing pivot tables. But it's really the action that comes out of the data that matters at the end of the day to the business. Uh, you know, that it's really a matter of of substance over style. So if you can do all the data work, that's great. But if you can't get actionable information out of it and then get people to own those actions alongside yeah. you and to be part of the team and part of part of the of the results, then uh, you're really just not getting the best of of all those that are around you. And again, early in my career, I was not uh, human based in in much of anything I did. I hoarded the information. I thought that protected me. I thought that made me yeah. more valuable, but it, it really narrowed what I was able to see and what I've been able to accomplish in, in the uh, latter third of my career. Yeah. Well, that's how you grow. So I, I want to make a personal note on, on, you know, when you, when you look at data. Um, so, so previous, I, I worked within a team where we were like, okay, this is what we need to see, right? Let's, you know, right. let's, this is the data. And then it was just delivered. And then when we looked at it, it was like, okay, we need to to ask, is this this look right? Right? You have to have that critical thinking just because you you pivot or you create it, right? And saying, okay, this is the data, right? Um, you have to have that critical mindset and look at it and saying, does it look right? Is that what we expected? Um, and then you can actually, as you just said, right, then you can actually say, okay, now we can take some, make some initiatives. Um, but it's important to get everybody in that mindset that you have to have this critical thinking. Yeah. You know, I think somewhere I remember a podcast, somebody saying remain curious or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, um, but one of the reasons I joined Crusade eight years ago, they had a, 
I think there were seven basic tenets, uh, values for the company. Um, and one of them was being curious. Yeah. And that's certainly something that I've applied my entire life. I'll, I will, long before the, there was the internet and the chance to Google things and, and do yeah. your own research quickly online, I was, I was the type that was always super curious. And analyzing data for me is, is fun. It's kind of like a Rubik's cube. Um, but there's any number of ways to solve a Rub Rubik's cube, I suppose. I'm not very good at it. Uh, <laughs> so, and I look at data the same way. You have to keep looking at it from different angles, different yeah. views. And you can challenge yourself to do that, but you're going to exponentially increase your uh, your final result and the performance of the, the teams you're responsible for by having them be part of that journey with you. Yeah. And hopefully that sparks some interest as well, right? Within that, within a team. What I've always been surprised about is not everybody wants to learn every Excel formula the way I do. Not everybody wants to go to YouTube and and learn about the latest. Uh, the the two new ones are unique and sort, which are dynamic formulas uh, within Excel that are really pretty powerful. And I'm like, why don't you all want to learn this? This is the, <laughs> one of the most amazing things ever. You know? um, but I've I've uh, learned that. So well, yeah. we might talk about that a bit more. Yeah, we could go. Yeah, but that that's where the diversity also is great, right? Because we all bring our different passion. So so that right. also sparks, but you know, within a team. Um, what about so robotics and industrial automation? Um, I want to touch about that. So what what's your what what's what's going on right now within the industry? Well, you know, there's a lot going on, and working for Cruze, it's a company that kind of has a foot in both worlds, and I say both worlds, I'll say electronic components, which you think of as ECIA and ERA, yeah. um, and industrial industrial automation and control, which uh, I'm actually part of an association called AHTD, which is the Association of High Technology Distributors. And uh, coincidentally, a couple weeks ago, uh, when we were at the ERA conference, Allison Sabia from Galco, an industrial distributor, uh, e-commerce based industrial distributor, wrote an article about the convergence of electronics and uh, and uh, industrial worlds. And and we've known the word mechatronics for years now. Everybody, I think, has heard that in our industry. Uh, but what we're seeing is we're seeing electronics embedded in more and more things. So, for instance, Cruze is is seeing motors now with embedded intelligence. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of those that are on the market, and we're expanding our range. When I was in the lighting business with Dialight, and I remember you were in the lighting business too at one point. Yeah. Um, at first, it was all about the LED. And these days, although I've been out of the business for a while, the LED is is uh, playing second fiddle to really the, the smart technology that's built within the light fixtures. Yeah. So, you know, that's an example of, of a different type of, of, of automated technology. But uh, I think even in San Diego, we've got a return of the smart street light, which not only turns on and off and does things that you might expect, but it actually has monitoring capabilities, monitoring yeah. traffic, monitoring people. And there's been quite an uproar over that. Um, so those are some of the things that I see. And and the other thing that I think is, is, is uh, pretty much undeniable is that there is an effort to reshore. We know about the Chips Act, fifty-two billion dollars and such. There's an you know an effort to reshore business here or nearshore it at least. And I'm convinced that the jobs that were present when I started in the workforce, which were factory-based uh, assembly positions, those types of jobs aren't coming back. 
the jobs that come back are going to be and are highly automated, uh, assisted through cobots. Yeah. And those jobs, even in customer service, are, are more highly automated than ever before. We've got the whole rave of chat GPT, but we've got, you know, virtual assistants that are are answering our questions for us. Yeah. So automation is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Yeah. And it's exciting. Um, you know, there's those that think it's going to displace us, but I, uh, us being the workforce, but I do think that, I do think that uh, what it, it adds is a higher value to work and a chance to earn a better living and have a better life. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's the interesting, right? In 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 the job, I think the job description or the responsibility you're having. Um, I, I want to make a note as well because I think the whole AI that that's just boomed, right? I think back in December or something like that, just right. a few months ago. Um, it's been here, right? Uh, it's just it been has. bubbling. I think that one just exploded more to 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 everyone. Like, oh my god! And then th th there's all these opinions, but it's already been there, right? The AI, you know, what are you watching on Netflix or what are you listening to, right? The whole right. saying, oh, maybe then you will like this movie, right? You will like this video you know, or this um, music. So that's a certain form, right? And now it's just you know, it just it just scale and goes faster and faster. Um, right. So it's 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 around us, and I, I think we just have to. Um, we have again critical, but we we also have to accept it, um, and we are in it. I don't think there's there's anything there um, that just that will stop it right now. I think things things move so quickly that sometimes we forget some of the basics that you just mentioned. You know, we will type even an email, and it's auto filling what yeah. we were likely to say. Yeah. Um, when I when I started in the business, we had company secretaries that would type. That would type your your proposal to your customer for you, and then you'd go back with markups, and the, the secretary would change it. And then I was amazed when Bernice, who was the company um, department secretary, the one company had this typewriter that could go back like ten words and erase them. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've been seeing this, and sometimes we get scared. We we're worried we're going to be disrupted, but we've been seeing. Uh, We've been seeing this this type of uh, technology creep into our lives for a long, long time. So yeah. I think there's comfort in that because it can be frightening otherwise. Yeah, um, and there are some implications where it is frightening, no doubt. Yeah, but, no doubt, uh, no doubt. Yeah, but but I think we some of it as well as you just saying, if it's the email, right? Um, it's it's also being efficient, right? Um, I know it helps right. to do some of my spellings. <laughs> I have to be honest there, right? And I'm sure. sure other people as well, because otherwise there wouldn't be all these uh, software um, plugins, right? To other people that also wants to be better at spelling. <laughs> so yeah. uh, so it, it's around us. Um, what, what about when we talk about, you know, within teams and if you talk about like a modern company, right? Because we're touching that a little bit saying, you know, technology and all these platforms, what's happening with roles. Um, so, so what about the, the collaboration between teams? How, you know, how, how, what kind of challenges have you seen in, in your career? Well, for sure, if you, if, if I span my career, um, got a pretty, uh, a wide variety of, of, uh, experiences to draw upon you know these days we're looking at in many cases and in in the case of my current role i've been remote in this role now for six years yeah. uh, the majority of our, but our office now is working three out of five days from home uh, one of the things that um, we're kind of insisting on though is is maintaining a sort of 
impersonal personal connection. It's not the same as being face to face, but when you can connect through a screen um, and and really find the human element to working together again, right. rather than just sending an email or just having a discussion um, through Teams without the cameras on, we're finding that having the cameras on makes a big difference in maintaining that that level of uh, connectedness, if you will. Um, some of the things that uh, some of the things that we try to do are pretty basic, you know, yeah. just regular touch points. Let's schedule every let's schedule every week, every two weeks uh, a, a check in, and they can be pretty casual. Um, how was your weekend? Uh, how's how's your uh, your husband that had surgery last week? And yeah. and you know we. We also have lives, right? So yeah. when a cat walks across the screen, our company, we're not the type to say, hey, you know, this is business. Make sure you you keep your pets away or your kids don't show up in the background. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is this is our real life. And uh, you know, we're having to adapt by working from home. Mm -hmm. So I, I think again, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's kind of maybe pithy a little bit, but it's that human element of 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 understanding each other and yeah. and having some empathy and compassion for others and not just bludgeoning them with here's the monthly report here's the monthly you know here's what we did yesterday in sales here's the number of orders we entered um you know i go back to that when it's all just about business and numbers and figures and objectives um it's pretty tough to get People may stay connected in terms of being online and available, but are they really connected to the business? Yeah. Are they really interested and engaged? And are, are they asking those curious questions you mentioned earlier? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I see it. I think the um, with, with having the video on is is a big plus, even though, as you're saying, you, you are showing, you can blur your background, right? And, and that's, that's right. I think that's nice now, right? If somebody is sitting almost in the closet or if they're sitting in an area that they, they don't want to share, right. I totally get it. Um, but just to have that you can see each other, I think it, it helps a lot. Um, and also just on if you sit globally, right? And if there's any any accent, and I know I have one, right? So it's just to, to look at each other and because I I, I I just can see quickly if somebody don't understand what I'm saying, I can see it in their eyes because they're like, yeah. what's going on? Um, and then I'm like yeah. repeating That's it. interesting. other words, right? No, I, the, the whole body language that you can read. Um, so so it's, um, I, I, I can only agree with you that the, having that on actually helps with, with within, the, within the team. Um, yeah, you know, that yeah. interrupting that uh, made me think because I work too for a European company. And and the first thing uh, that you mentioned was you, you can read, you can read it in their eyes or yeah. the scratching of the head, or yeah. maybe they're listening more intently. Um, and I don't know what the number is, but I think I've read or heard 80% of our communication is nonverbal. Yeah. So yeah, if you think you're communicating and staying connected with people by writing a mail or just talking on, a, you know, on a, a on a uh, voice over IP chat or on your cell phone, it's you're probably not getting the entire the entire meaning of what you intended. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then you have to sometimes you have to repeat it, right? Um, what about I, I want to talk about a little bit more back to the to the industrial automation. So, have you seen sure. any like? increase you know efficiency or productivity um within the last you know with, with your experience and then the background have, have you any examples you can share on, on this topic 
Hmm. I'm sure I can. Right now, I'm drawing a bit of a blank, though. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could. That's okay. I'm thinking about it. Um, well, I, I'll tell you, I can just mention that I, I had the opportunity to tour two of our distributors' warehouses. Yeah. Um, RS and uh, Mauser recently in January, we we toured both their warehouses. And the efficiencies there allowing uh, them to both ship up till nearly nine o'clock at night. And what, what amazed me, Santa, was the diversity of equipment that they have to to locate move around both place you know place uh at at incoming and then receive and take back from uh, its stored area the amount of different equipment they each yeah. have is amazing yeah uh you know robots on the floor robots t- type of equipment overhead card scan systems yeah uh automatic automatic box packaging machines. Yeah. I have no idea what the efficiency gain was, but it's it's pretty clear having gone it, to. Right? Or they have invested. Yeah. 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 Well, I remember going to a warehouse uh, where they had a ladder that they would roll. Yeah. And then a bucket and a chain. Yeah. And they would pull the bucket up and put the resistors into the bucket and lower that down and take the ladder to a different area and climb up if they need it and keep filling the bucket and picking somebody's order. Yeah. So um, in my role, I am, uh, I'm in charge of the distribution network for Cruze. So we are just in the data all the time. And yeah. uh, sometimes I, I long for that more technical aspect of, uh, of our products. Be- I know enough to be dangerous sometimes. I say. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and actually now that you say, you know, with, with the distribution, right. With Mouser and NRS, Think about all the work of that data analytic first, right? To figure out, okay, where do we place it? You know, what is it? What should it do, right? It is again to all these, you know, be critical thinking, collect the data, all the the work that goes in before you actually lay like a whole map out, right? Or wireframe on to say, this is what it looks like. Right. And if, if you would imagine that that was the brain power of one person, that didn't talk to the pickers on the floor, the the, yeah. the people that package the goods, the people at incoming yeah. receiving. If you yeah. think one person laid that out, that no. is pretty unlikely. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty unlikely that that ever uh, occurred in that way. So it's probably those warehouses are probably testament to what we talked about earlier: the collaborative thinking, using data, yeah. and involving all the people. Yeah, I think a lot of study, right? Because you sometimes you will say, this is what I do. But if you actually look at a person doing the job, um, it, it sometimes looks different than actually yeah. what maybe filled out in, in, in some of, boxes, of the boxes. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's exciting. Also with the, you know, with the technology platforms, right? And you just, you mentioned that on the, uh, with, with the LEDs, right? That they were the shiny object couple of years ago or maybe many years ago yeah um and now yeah. it's more like a, a platform right it's a technology platform that can, getting used to it and do you see uh, some of the industries or maybe some of the one you work together with where suddenly they take that within under their you know offering right to say hey this is an opportunity that we yes we do sell this this parts right but actually we, if we start creating it as a platform it, it opens up opportunity for the business yeah, uh, I think that at least what what I'm kind of jostling around in my mind when when you mentioned that is 
we all are coming to really understand that we can't sell products anymore. We have to sell solutions. Yeah. And and many times uh, services wrapped around those solutions are really valuable to people. So for instance, in, um, in motors, again, um, a motor, when I started with Cruze, I thought it was going to be one of the easiest products to understand. It's magnetic. It's got coils. It spins faster or slower. Yeah. But motors have to stop and start and they stop and start in positions and they have to reverse sometimes and uh, they have to fit within certain sizes and there's, there's really quite a bit to it. Um, but there, the, the intelligent motors these days are, are uh, able to provide feedback. So if a motor typically is driving, let's say an automated guided vehicle through one of these automated warehouses and it's driving the, the drive wheels, if it's starting to use more energy, it, it can communicate to the outside world that, hey, I'm starting to use more energy than usual. So there could be something wrong. Maybe it's simple lubrication of a bearing or maybe there's something wrong within the motor. Maybe it's time for predictive maintenance. Yeah. Take them, Take that robot out of service and not wait till it fails, but get it out of service and fix it. So, you know, I, I've been observing and amazed by all of that data and intelligence that's been built into a, an electromechanical device. Yeah. And earlier, uh, I think we were talking about uh, what other efficiency gains I've seen and, and what popped into my head that I, I didn't, uh, didn't think about straight away is something really simple, but, uh, one of our customers makes bailing systems for think of Kohl's, think of your department stores. Um, they bail cardboard. So there's a lot of things in cardboard boxes and they throw it in this big, ugly dumpster. Yeah. And then the dumpster compresses it. Yeah. And and it used to be the driver of the truck would come by and take whatever was there and uh, you know, put it in the in the truck and take it to the recycling center. But now uh you can you can tell through any number of ways, how much is in there without physically having to look at it and send a signal to, yeah. to the, uh, to the drivers. I'm just waiting for that kind of technology to come with the, uh, with the ice cream man. I haven't seen an ice cream man app or anything yet. <laughs> I think that, you know, I think we've got an opportunity. Yeah. We have an opportunity to automate that industry, the ice cream man industry, <laughs> but um, I haven't figured out. I haven't figured out the solution no. to offer them yet. Summer is coming. But, it could yeah. happen. <laughs> well, we both live in California, so you know, we can think uh, ice cream all time all time. Yeah, we can. We can. Um I want to ask you as well, because if somebody's with the industry, right? There's it's the industry is, is aging. We all know that. But if somebody's starting new within this electronics industry, what what kind of advice would you give this person? Well, again, I'm gonna go right to being curious, you know. Yeah. Um, one of one of the things I see now, there's certainly bigger companies that that uh, you you will be more of a cog in the wheel, and I'm not saying that in a negative way, but it's simple fact that there are big companies where you can spend an entire day, you know, doing quotes, for instance, yeah. um, and processing quotes. But so many of the companies in our industry are smaller companies that can give you a view of a pretty much soup to nuts business. It can give you a view from from 
customer reach out and prospecting all the way through the manufacturing to the end of life and servicing. So you can get a view of collections, you can get a view of engineering, you can get a view of of quality in many of these companies. Uh, Certainly a lot of the companies I've worked in, even Amphenol, a big company, uh, organized in such a way that their divisions are smaller. So I, I, and you know, you could go down to the factory floor and see how the machines turn the metal to make the RF connectors. And that's what I've really enjoyed about. And I would encourage anybody join, joining this industry, not to wait for somebody to offer them the next opportunity, be curious, raise your hand and say, Hey, I'd like to learn more about that. I'd like to broaden my horizons by yeah. visiting the factory floor, sitting in accounting and 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 learning how my job impacts theirs, how we're interrelated. And I, I say remain curious, ask a lot of questions, and uh, certainly, certainly tap into industry resources. We've got a lot of great industry resources from, from ECIA's uh, PACE, uh, ERA's got a number of things on their website that um, that allow uh, allow you to understand industry terms and uh, yeah, women in electronics has a great mentoring program. So yeah, so that's that's places uh, to I, go. Yeah, and I think Santa, uh, I'm I'm happy and proud to say that uh, generally when there was something other people didn't want to do at a company, I raised my hand and said I'll do it. Yeah, um, I helped integrate a, a computer system, a, an upgrade to our, our um, AS400 software. And when Rojas came, environmental compliance came, nobody wanted to touch it. Product manager pointed that way. Quality pointed that way. Um, Procurement said, not my problem. And I said, but all my customers need these reports. I I, I need some support. And no one wanted to go anywhere with it. So I took it on. I convinced the company to give me an an intern temp. And we took on all the compliance. I became an expert back then in uh, ROHS compliance. I'm kind of glad I'm not doing it anymore, but th- those types of things are what helped pull me along in my career. Yeah. And then be humble. Yeah. I was not humble. <laughs> so be humble. Um, you know, you, they say you catch, uh, you catch more flies with honey, but I'm not sure why we want to catch flies, but that's yeah. a term from my youth. I'm not oh, okay. quite sure I, I want to catch them. Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard that one. Must be a Pennsylvania thing where I grew up, but oh, okay, it it could be. So I have with uh, within my career when I started. So I, I'm I have um, a math and mechanical engineering. So I did uh, product development in light uh, light fixtures, and one of huh. these was actually when we did design it together with an architect, you know, with procurement everything else, right? Was to actually to say, okay, now you go down to the production, and you stand next to the person and you assemble uh-huh. this light fixture together. Because you need to see, maybe it looked easy when you had it on your CAT system, but now you yeah. have to do it in real person. And so, that was the the hands-on experience. Interesting. Uh, was was really, really great. So I, I think that as well sparked me, right, to say, yeah, it doesn't help to sit in this corner and have this great uh, solution if you don't right. go out and actually talk to everyone around in, in the different teams and saying, is this actually, you know, does this, will this work? Right. Oh, how yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was, a, that was a great start. Yeah. You know, and uh, I remember being in the lighting industry where we had, you know, manufacturing engineering departments that would just basically take the new designs and then make them manufacturable Yeah. Uh, because they weren't typically manufacturable. They were manufacturable in theory, but they, in practice, they weren't efficient ways of doing things. So yeah. 
that's interesting insight. Yeah. So you were given that chance. Yeah, no, yeah. And and that was when I started. So that's also many years ago. Yeah. But um, okay. (laughs) So so Robert, if you if you have to give yourself an advice and you look at yourself like 20 years ago, what what kind of advice would you have would you give yourself looking back? Well, you don't know it all. Um being independent is fantastic skill. Uh, or mindset is probably not really a skill. Being independent is a fantastic mindset, but you don't know it all. And you need, you not only need others, but you'll flourish when, when you lift up others and challenge them to be their best version of themselves while challenging yourself to be the best version of yourself. So um, you don't know it all. Be independent, but interdependent at the same time. Be humble uh, and be open and curious. I love it. So I was always a, curious, though. I should yeah. I should say I was always curious, but I wasn't open to sharing what I learned. I I hoarded it like a squirrel would hoard nuts for the winter. <laughs> so. But you you know better now, so it's good. We know we know I'd you like to think so. But we yeah. we are learning, aren't aren't we learning every day? I mean, we are. we're never going to be perfect. So no, and the world is changing, right? So looking back is it's also like a time and saying this is how it looked, right? How you look for information, how you can stay curious now have changed the tools, right? right? What you have access to, um, how you communicate. So this is, I know it's not you can't just say oh I should have done that, but I I still think reflecting is always good. Um, because you can you can look ahead and saying or look at yourself now and saying yeah you know I I know I'm not perfect um, there's things that I can still learn and right. what should I do past is prologue yeah so if uh, if any of the listeners wants to to reach out to you how how can they connect with you well I think the best way is I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and I never thought that I had a an uncommon name, and I don't think it's tremendously uncommon, but Robert Derringer, D-E-R-R-I-N-G-E-R, is actually not that commonly found. So I think it's Robert Derringer 5 uh, on LinkedIn, but but you'll see uh, you'll see my photo up there, and it's pretty up-to-date. So I'd say <laughs> not, connect with lying. me. <laughs> yes, correct. It's, it's, within, it's certainly within uh, a year and a half. Oh, yeah, so good. Then let me sign connect with me on LinkedIn because uh, that's that's the place I think that stays with us as career paths change is LinkedIn. Agree. Okay, and and I will make sure you know on the show notes to to actually to link to your to your LinkedIn. Um, Perfect. I will also do it on the uh, the episode page on on mindinnovation.com. So it it will be be there. Um, okay, so Robert, thank you so much. It, this was oh, great. Thank you. I think, you know, talking about the whole industry, what's going on, and it's always great to get some experience and and also think about again. And I love, you know, the one staying curious, um, but but the whole data and right and having this critical mindset and 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 also get the whole team um, to take some ownership around it. I, I really like that uh, that angle of it. Well, I've enjoyed my time, and I thank you again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Innovation Podcast. New episodes are dropping bi-weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcast. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Santa Vinding. You can also find me on YouTube, search for Mind Innovation. Or go to my website, sanavinding.com or mindinnovation.com. Stay curious, keep learning.